welcome to Mice Cast for the hosts Greg, Mike, and Push. Well, Push is a guest because Shaft is doing Shafty things. Yeah. Filling yeah, in. He's bowling. <laughs> Shafty things. He's, he's, well, it's Shaft and Ball. What can you say? He's, um, Again, he he knows he has commitments and he schedules on the same time anyway. So, does that bother you? It sounds like it kind of bothers you. Well, it bothers me when commitments are not met, you know. You know, we used to have this discussion about a certain individual amongst our, you know, uh, circle who was like that and it always bothered everybody. Now, you know, we have, well, but then again, Richard has never been one to really participate necessarily in the um, greater community you know if you will uh-huh. not, not really a forum participator rarely answers an email and it might be weeks months after the email came in that he actually it's answers almost, it. it's almost like because he's you know works there that he doesn't want to no I don't think it's that I think he's just uh, indifferent to the whole thing ah true he, he likes to give his opinion but when it really comes down to the, the bigger thing he just doesn't seem to be into it yeah, no, you get that distinct impression. Because he's, you know, technically um, a neophyte. And, you know, with half the things we have to tell him how to do it. Luddite, I think, is the word you're looking for. What? Luddite. Someone who doesn't doesn't embrace technology all that well. Uh, well, a neophyte would be one that is new to it, right? True. And in a lot of ways, because he doesn't embrace it, he's new to it. So when, you know, but I get, you know, uh, yours might be a good way to go uh, also. Hey, does it sound echoey here? A little bit. Okay, I, I ordered, I found some very inexpensive, uh, I was surprised how inexpensive uh, sound foam. You know, a little of the, um, not the egg crate looking ones, but the ones that look like little spikes, you know. the. And, yes. Uh, I got quite a few of them for like 17 bucks. It was really cheap, so I'm going to, I'll put those up when I'm recording next time. We'll oh, cool. Extend uh, some sound. Yeah, we could try that, you know. Uh, since the, the new the- studio isn't quite as... Uh, um, sound worthy is the old is the old one. the uh, The radio station I worked at had these two portable sound deadening walls. That was a combination of drywall, foam, burlap, like four different materials. I and thought sh- about doing something like that, but then I'd have to storm when I'm not using them. Yes, I found these. I found these uh, um, uh, columns that, and you know, they're all the sound uh, like foam stuff. But they were, those were pretty expensive. But when you look to see how they used them, you know, it was it was in rooms that had hard corners, and they'd set those in the corners. It was really kind of cool, the the website, where they, they showed how they dealt with, like, a vaulted room. And, you know, they're trying to make it a little lower and cut off, you know, all the hard angles. It was, it was Yeah, and it helps cut down the echo, yeah. Yeah, so anyways. All right, let's get on to the email. We'll do mm-hmm. Ryan's first. Uh, hey, Greg. Uh, it Ryan from Vancouver again. And I'm reading as I see it, so don't make fun of my diction. <laughs> uh, my parents are taking me and my little brother and sister to Disneyland in June, and they have bought a six-day park hopper ticket. But for one of the days, they are going to a local beach. But I've decided to buy my own ticket and go back to the park. So I was wondering, how much money do you think I'll need for food and things like that? Because I don't know the prices that well. So if you could give me some tips, that would be great. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Now, 100 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say, everybody, <laughs> for, food, it's for gonna, food? No, no, I'm just no, joking. Like, I'm being, I'm being, uh... I think you should, should probably, well, you know, if he's just going to do fast food, count on 15 bucks a meal. 
Really? Yeah. I can spend you... A meal? I can. I mean, oh, I. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you I can spend seven dollars. Go get chili cheese fries and taste buds. Or, well, yeah, but not everybody might just want that. But I, I'm trying to think if you get a drink, a sandwich, and fries, you know, something like that. And then, I, a, I, and then know. a drink in between and a snack in between. Right. I'm just, you know, if you round it off and make it like 15 bucks a meal, you'll probably have a few bucks extra. So there's 30 bucks plus your ticket. Um, I think you'd probably be okay with that. Add yeah, 10 bucks just to be safe. To me, well, you know, because I don't know if he's a breakfast eater or will grab a muffin at his hotel. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, with the with the with the not quite all the detail of how long and whatnot, it's hard to really gauge. But yeah, at least forty bucks. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people can stretch it out and they'll eat one late meal. You know, this all really True. depends on you know. You didn't tell me how many meals you want to eat, what kind of meals you usually eat. Uh, you know, what I just mentioned wouldn't even cover a meal at Blue Bayou if you decided you wanted to do that on your own. Which well, I don't know why you would by yourself, but you know. What's funny is we probably have more. Information and, and experience on dining in Florida that we do at Disneyland. That's true, but you know it's funny. The, the last couple West Fests, um, I've dined with other people uh, that made the reservation. I still I'm not real clear on the whole reservation thing. I, I got to say at Disneyland because uh, for a while my sister in law worked at Blue Bayou. She, she'd call us sometimes. Hey, we have an open. You want to come up? And then uh, I've gone on other people's reservations so i've never actually had to call into disneyland uh, to make a dining reservation but i do roughly know what the prices are at some of those places and i gotta say you know i've eaten at the uh bingle barbecue or wait let me see how does chris say it he doesn't say bingle he says like the gangle or something <laughs> the the, uh, oh richard just sent a thing says he's online now oh so, wow bring him but the, didn't the bingle right, barbecue used to give you two skewers because you pay like four bucks now for one skewer. And I swear when that place opened, uh, it was a two skewer place. Two skewer place? Yeah, you know, for what, you know, you buy the, the chicken skewer and you got two of them. Now you get one and this big stupid onion. Like onion? What? what? I think it's an onion. It's, it's, it's white on the bottom, a long green thing, you know, like. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I, keep, I, I tried to hold as long as I could. Uh, but anyways, um, uh, it, to me, it just seems like the bingo barbecue has got more expensive. You've got less food there. Uh, so I was trying to remember. We, I was I was there the other night with uh, a friend of mine and an Imagineer. Shaft, you there? Ex, ex, ex Imagineer. Yeah. Okay. We we couldn't remember what was at Bingo Barbecue before it was Bingo Barbecue. It's been there so long now that you know. Sunkiss like place, wasn't it? Was no, Sunkiss? Wasn't it Sunkiss place? I'm at Sunkiss, I presume. Okay, cool. All right, so moving on there. That's we give that guy his money, you know his tip for the um, <laughs> the eating. If oh yeah. Gets, you know, gets to this show. If this show gets posted before he actually travels, uh, June. Yeah, it might be up before June. Might be. All right. Uh, Danny up. and Cynthia's West Fest wrap up. Who's eating? Because it sounds like. I'm uh, not eating. Sounds like sorry. In his I'm sorry, that's me. I'm, I'm still finishing off dinner. Chef, here. just getting in from dinner. Ooh. You know, we have we have interactive people here. We can also respond to some of their questions as well. Oh, sure, but we're not to that part of the show yet. Right now, they're right. just listening. They're in the audience. Oh. Richard, he's streaming live, so, you know, just. Be aware yeah. of what you say is. We're recording live. as well as streaming it live. So, oh wow! Uh, those live of you, show. those of you in the peanut gallery who are listening, we will we will open up the floor to questions at some point. 
Oh, the, the Esquire. Esquire wants to talk about rock band. Crazy. What a yeah. Greg was a crazy man with that guitar. Yes, he was. <laughs> Couldn't pry that thing out of your cold, dead fingers, dude. Uh, well, I was having fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, oh, moving oh, on. Yeah. Hey, All right. and, I didn't, and I didn't drink. I didn't have one adult. A lot of people didn't have a were dry. Well, yeah. Night. Well, that was because because <laughs> we had no choice. I know. <laughs> you know the, the poor um, leadership of the night. I guess uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as if I have control over that, right? Yeah, I, I I I wouldn't give up on the place, but you know they did screw the pooch in. Oh, uh, I, they're I, trying they, to. Um, they should have just thrown all that beer out there for free at that point. They're in, trying to in, make in good. Opinion. Well, good. Okay. Hey, Greg, this is Danny. It was great to briefly speak to you again at WestFest 2010. We discussed the D23 Roy E. Disney event, which is scheduled for May 7th. I checked the website again, and they are not dedicating a statue to Roy, as I had informed you on Sunday. However, they are having a dedication ceremony that evening to rename the animation building as the Roy E. Disney Animation Building. Yeah, a friend of mine was there for that, and um, so... Yeah, that, that all went down already. Hope to see you again at next year's event. I also uh, mentioned to you that I visit the park on a regular basis during the summer because my wife and daughter travel to the East Coast during the school break. It would be great to meet up with you and maybe a few of the locals at the park this summer. Please drop me a note. If you have anything planned, please take care and look forward to the next podcast. Yeah, that um, Danny was a cool guy. We hung out. Uh, hey, I remember distinctly talking to him after... Uh, I think it was after the uh uh either, either after tiki room and right before jungle cruise or right after jungle cruise you know those kind of blended together because of their proximity so um if i remember so, who this is he usually only comes on sundays to west fest anyway yeah yeah i believe i believe you are correct on that one michael okay all right all right so, so do we uh, want to go on to the other one or well the, all right that's up to you we can go on to darth vader or you can Bring up what you wanted to bring up once Shaft had joined us. Yeah, well, I wanted to make sh- you know, sure. Uh, okay, I knew it was coming. There was something you were setting me up for. <laughs> no, I'm not, not setting you up for anything don't, at all. Don't sound so resigned and tired there, Shaft. Just, you know, it's fun. Yeah, but 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 see, see when Greg's insisting that I have to be here, I know there's usually something coming up. Okay, what is it? No, I'm not, I'm not trying to... Uh, uh, I'm not going after anything at all. I just thought you'd be interested in the information oh. that that I had. So, oh. hey, by the way, that 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 email you sent about the flight or the kites was kind of interesting. I thought it was very uh, neat. Uh, that was that was off the uh, Disney Hub. That was uh, one of the articles on it, and I thought it was just kind of neat about uh, Afghanistan or excuse me, Afghanistan. Yeah, it was Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Yes, Afghanistan and the kites that were being sent out there. Oh, by the way, I don't know if any of you heard this, and uh, the guy who wrote the song uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." I guess he's been, you know, in the ground for a while, but he's in the ground at a small cemetery in Anaheim, and I guess his um, headstone is nearly unlegible or illegible. So there's a guy that's made a Facebook site, and uh, he was I'm a Harvard. A- it's unalienable. <laughs> yeah, he's been on the uh, webs, uh, the news. Uh, on and off all day on KFI, and he's trying to get people, you know, to donate money, some way to raise money to get this guy uh, a headstone that says something about, uh, you know, the song Take that everybody the ball knows game. that is probably played every day of the year during the baseball season. Blah blah blah. And he's in the Anaheim Cemetery. He's in a and a oh. a small Anaheim Cemetery. And you don't know the guy's name off the top of your head, do you? No. 
because it was on the you know you can look at Facebook. You can probably look up. Oh, to, I'll just go you know, to Googly. Uh, but right. I, I found it interesting that you know it, he was here in Anaheim and uh, or here, meaning you know in the area of the park, I guess. But uh, he said it was going to cost two thousand dollars for a new headstone. I'm like, geez, I'll go get some concrete. <laughs> I'll mix, you know? mix up a headstone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could do something, but uh, drill it into the old one. Yeah, I don't know. I just I was surprised at the the price of that. I don't know if he's looking for. You know, he didn't say what he's looking for. He might be looking for a bronze, something bronze, all car. You know, who knows? Jack Norworth. Words written in 1908 by vaudeville star Jack Norworth. Huh. Okay, where's Jack Norworth buried? The words are set to music by Albert von Tilzer. Oh, yeah, Albert. I always liked that. Okay. Von Tilbert. Von, German name. Von Tilzer, Anaheim. Anaheim connection, yes. Well, the uh, music part, maybe. Uh, but, you know, I mean, yes, Germans were in a lot of places, not just Anaheim. Well, Anaheim was a, a huge German, German enclave, yeah. Yes, it was. All right, so I'll check the link. I wondered to... what that smell was in that area. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you might not be welcome back in Anaheim. <laughs> yeah. all right, I have I have so... a lot of German blood too. I know I talk about all the Scottish. Von Tilzer was a fair amount of German blood in my my veins. Uh, I'm trying. He died in Los Von... Angeles. Von Tilzer died in Los Angeles in 1956. And the other dude, Norworth. I'm looking for his death, 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 death. Um, doesn't show in 1908 to 28. Died of a heart attack, Laguna Beach. So they're both Southern California. Oh, and is in. Okay, so it's Jack Norworth because he's interred at Melrose Abbey Memorial Park in Anaheim, California. Melrose Abbey, okay. So there you go. It's Jack Norworth that needs a new headstone, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so. A little bit of side, you know, side note to I, our whole conversation. Again, if, you know, Wikipedia is to be trusted. Jack you know, for a, for a lot of things, some of that it, stuff, yeah. It's when you know when you read through one that almost every outrageous claim says uh, citation needed or something, then you need to start worrying. But otherwise, I think a lot of it's you know it may not be the most detailed, perfect information, but you know you know for the stuff that we use, we're not gonna we're not gonna get a D in our paper because we used Wikipedia. No, no. So. All right, so what is so, it? What is it that you yeah, want to talk? about? Are we about? going to talk some with push? What? What? I thought you guys were going to ask. I mean, ask someone with Shaft about something. Yeah, know. you're talking about yourself. Where, yeah, you <laughs> wanted to discuss something that Shaft was here for. Are we going to okay. get to it? Oh, Push wants to discuss no, something. No, awesome. he wants you to get started. Who does? Push or Shaft? Yeah, push. Oh no! I just think you guys were lost. So I was trying to help. <laughs> no, we're, we're not lost. I was just getting around. <laughs> this to is it. standard. <laughs> I wanted to look again at uh, Darth Vader's to see if we want to cover. Oh, He's oh. got like three ideas, so I want to see if we want to cover one of them for the night. Uh, that won't take that long, and then you know, because the stuff I'm going to be talking about or mentioning isn't going to be an all night thing. So, yeah. Well, you do your best to make it stretch. So, well, you know, I got uh, nothing else to do. Confine. All right. Uh, <laughs> it seems like some of these things we've covered before. Yeah, construction of Ultimate Disneyland, we've uh, we've kind of touched on that. Actually, it was, oh, how do we think Disneyland would look in 10 years? Which actually hasn't posted yet. I think that's the two, yes. two shows ago. Rules are simple. No, that that's a whole shoe, whole shoe for itself. 
Well, okay, also, what, here, what are some of the secret gems that are often overlooked in the Disneyland Resort area? Do you have anything that you would not miss if you were in a park all of the time or in one person's case working? So, you know, we got one, well, now we're on the show, we have two people that are working there and then two people who are not. What's the thing that you just cannot miss? Doesn't uh, say that. Gems, overlooked gems, secret gems. Over, overlooked gems. Well, yeah, yes, but it also says, do you have anything that you would not miss? If you were not in the park all the time or in one person's case working. Okay. So there is that. What wouldn't you gems, miss factor there? Disneyland Resort. Uh, we could have uh, Peanut Gallery also oh, can. Okay. Um, well, I'd say one of the gems. Contribute. Uh, is, yeah, definitely. One of the gems would definitely be the Lily Bell. Very few people know about it yet try to uh, get a. How easy get, is it to get on it though? You know, two years ago at West Fest, everybody talked about it was very easy. All you had to do is ask and you shall receive if no one's in it. Back in my day when I worked there, you had to get permission from uh, uh, an attraction supervisor in the area. It was it was tough to get a ride in it. In fact, I got a card from the, one of the Main Street supervision guys. You know, I said, hey, it's going to be my anniversary. We've got, you know, dinner at Club 33. You know, is it possible I can get, a, you know, a club or a Lily Bell pass? And he gave me one signed it and all that so the guys wouldn't give us any hassle then you know fast forward 15 years to two years ago at west fest when we had that sort of you know misunderstanding about who was invited and who wasn't and all that oh well everyone got to ride it anyway yeah they all acted like it was just uh asking you shall receive so i don't know yeah what the, the two people who work there do you guys know okay well there's some don no it's not just for club 33 and for the two-year-ago trip, uh, someone in our group, Toasty, knew somebody who worked trains. And apparently, if they have an extra conductor, they can ride in the back with, you know, they can ride in the lily bell with you to make sure you don't trash it, then yeah, you're on your, has, you're good. someone does have to be with you. They just, they don't let you ride by yourself, so. And it's because they have that book back there, too. For sign-ins and all that. Yeah, well, yeah and I don't the think guest, they want the guest book, yeah. yeah. Um, well, in that same thought, then, how about the caboose? The caboose is interesting. Yeah, it's you know it's no Lily Bell, but it's you know it's a different experience than ninety nine point nine percent of the people who ever ride the trains at Disneyland will ever experience. And it's something both of those cars are something you will never experience at any other park, any other Disney park that has a steam train. Because I'm I'm pretty positive ninety nine point eight percent positive that the we are the only park. ones that have a caboose and a Lily Bell. Well, we definitely are the only ones that have a Lily Bell. That, well, that goes without saying. How does that go without saying? They could have a car and name it Lily Bell, just like we did. No. Because, Why not? Because the car was custom-built for Walt, and it's designed exactly after the the uh, Pullman car he had on his model train, which squeeze, now sits... Squeeze, squeeze me. That, that vehicle was made out of one of the original yellow cars that were on uh, opening day. That was that was a convert from a, an, an existing vehicle. So Okay, but... Convert means it was also remade because I don't think it's yellow today, but it's designed after the Pullman car that Walt had on his model train, which now sits there at the train station. So I don't think uh, that, or, that that model train is not that is a it, replica. Yeah, it says replica on it. I saw a replica, but uh, but it's the same idea. It's just is the same gauge and everything. But I don't think World or Paris would have anything like that. 
Well, I don't think they do, but uh, the way you said that is they couldn't. Yes, they could. They could have. Oh, they could. Our, you could do anything you damn well please. But the thing is, is I don't think they would. I, I, I find it extremely, extremely unlikely. Would anybody else have a Club 33? Mm. Oh, okay. I'm, and I'm asking Richard, would anybody else have a Club 33? On that on that line, uh, would, would, they, would, you, would the other parks have something similar to it? No, no, no. Would another park have a Club 33? You're I mean, talking it, about another you, Disney park. You know, yes, yeah, a Disney park with an exclusive dining dinner club in it, right? It won't be the same, name, though. Name Club 33. Would another park, I'm asking Richard, not you guys, would another park have a Club 33? Because I'm to sure. me, this would be along the same line. You're saying no other park could have uh, this okay. car. Where? Why do they call it Club 33, then? Oh, that's open to many different opinions. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Greg. Come on, Greg. You, you know why it is. Why is it called Club 33? It's the address of the building. Exactly. 33 Royal Street is where it's located in New Orleans Square. Does any of the other parks have a 33 Royal Street mm-hmm. in any of their parks? No. Okay. Then it stands to reason that they probably would have some. They probably might have another club, but I doubt if it's called Club 33. Uh, Tokyo Disneyland is Club 33. Okay, but is Tokyo Disneyland owned by this corporation? No, but it's licensed. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, now wait a second. I, now, I if, if, I, yeah, I don't think that's a definitive answer. Just because Disney doesn't own it, everything is licensed and approved by Disney to be in that park. Yeah, but I'm referring to we were talking about the others. But regardless, how how about okay, so how about if there if they really is were. It, is it, is is it still the exact same type of club? Is it still the same exact style club as Club Thirty Three? Uh, it is a private exclusive club. I've only seen one picture of it, and I couldn't tell you, you know, the details because I don't remember. I just remember reading about it. Okay, I just was wondering because you were I sitting guess, there like a I, cat holding, you know, cat on a trap there. So, well, I was waiting because you, I, I figured you'd say no, they can't, and they one does. So, okay, no. now if they were really trying to avoid or had no problems with similar name things, right? Wouldn't the riverboat in Florida be named the same as the riverboat here in California? Or for that matter, the riverboat over in uh, Tokyo Disneyland, Hong Kong. I'm, I'm sorry, I was reading something, so I wasn't listening. Okay. What? Okay, what what's the, the riverboat, Mark Twain. Why do they call it the Mark Twain in, in Florida? They don't call it the Mark Twain. I'm in Florida. asking you why not? Because the first one. I think was the Richard F. Irvine. I was just looking this up the other day. The first one was the Richard F. Irvine, I believe, and then yeah, the second. Yeah, we know one the names. Was, I'm just you know, if if they can't have another Lily Bell, then why can't they have? Or if they can't have another Lily Bell, why don't they have another Mark Twain? Well, they why don't they have another Fred Gurley. Why don't they have another? Uh, <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> no, they could. Uh, they could they if they wanted. They, why don't they, they have another? Another? You know, they chose. On. They chose to rename Those. the steamboat in Florida to Liberty Bell to work with the theme of the area of Liberty Square. But part of it, Tom Sawyer's Island, still. They still have Tom Sawyer's Island. Yeah. Part of it, and part of the philosophy that was built into the parks, is that these are individual vehicles. And the Lily Bell is an individual vehicle. They could have another Pullman car on one of the other trains in Florida. And they would name it something else. They would name it something else, exactly. Why? why? Because they they do with other stuff. 
Well, oh, why didn't they, they have another, they have another Fred Gurley? Do they have another? Do they have another uh, Ward Kimball? Let me think of the other oh, names. Oh, uh, Ward Kimball. You you could Ripley. What what the hell are you doing? Uh oh, Greg's getting erupted. Thank you, Mike, for bringing up that point too. I okay. mean, that's that's where it pretty much comes down to is it's it, you know it's unique to itself. I mean, and you wouldn't want to try to just copy well, it. Well, down. Wait, wait, wait. Let's let's. No, get we're done. Here. We've moved no, on. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, done. we're done, and we're we're finished. We've gone no, 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 because you have now, a few things gone beyond your you have, a, you have a few things wrong. So I'm going to cover them first. For okay. one, in, in the history of the Disneyland trains, the Ward Kimball is fairly new. So to say there's not another one at the at the moment, if another train came online somewhere, they might name it the same. Most likely not. Mm-hmm. you got to remember the name of the first two cars were after Santa Fe Railroad people. So since right. none of the parks and have Santa Fe Railroads anymore, the likelihood – actually, the likelihood mm-hmm. of those changing to something else, I would think, would be more likely than someone else having one of those particular type of cars. In Florida, they have the, they have the Walt Disney. They have the Roy Disney, which only comes out for the morning parade thing or the opening kiss, whatever you – <laughs> it's really kind of stupid. I don't really get that. But it has oh, something to do with the cars, and n- there's no uh, there's no safety net. Let's say on the uh, the left side of the, the cars, and you could you know I don't know why they anyways they can modify those cars, but they won't for whatever reason. But the Lily Bell wasn't realized till ten years after Walt's death. Okay. 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 So uh, earlier, someone said that he had this car made. Well, it wasn't. No, even, I didn't say so. he had the car made. I said the car was custom made to follow the car that he had on his model train. But I believe you also said it was done in his time, and it was ten years later. No, uh, I don't remember him saying it was done in his time. Well, I just said it was. Do the rewind. Made. Do, do no, the I don't re- freaking <laughs> rewind it right now. Face <laughs> <laughs> the facts. You're wrong on this one. Why do they name trains? Trains have always been named throughout the ages, just as any, just as ships and things. They have individual names. The uh, Voyager, the, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of a couple of them right now, and my mind's completely blank. But that's that tradition followed along in Disneyland. When they started naming the trains, they were all named after individual, that each train was named individually. That goes along with the cars, that goes along with the uh, vessels. For the most part, because there are a few exceptions to it, but for the most part, say, along with, they, with, they the, could with the have... watercraft are all individually named. That's why you don't have a Mark Twain at another park, is because they're following the tradition that the Mark Twain is at Disneyland, the Liberty Bell is at floor. Is it? I, I, I don't. I, they they named those two steam vessels out there after people who were instrumental, instrumental in yes, building, in, in, in building, building the, the parks. Uh, and they, why was Fowler's Harbor named Fowler's Harbor? After Fowler, do I mean no, Fowler? Who? Joe Fowler. Admiral yeah. Joe Fowler, who was the who was the general contractor. So what, what the fuck does that have to do with this? If of all the parks, who I think might end up because with a if they I'll wanted tell, one, I'll tell you what uh, the frick uh, it means if you shut up for a second. Because well, Mark Twain, Mark Twain was a favorite of Walt. He wanted the boat named after Mark Twain because he was following the uh, Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer, all yes, the yes, whole yes, yeah, we, we, we get blah that, blah yeah. blah. When Walt Disney World got built and Magic Kingdom was built, there was a different thing, and they start and they can't just put another Mark Twain. So what do we do? We'll name it after after things that have meaning to the park, or they'll be named after people that were unique. Same as we've done with a few things. 
Fowler's Harbor is named after Admiral Joe Fowler, unique and uh, very important to the building of Disneyland. Schumacher Road was named after... Um, oh, and then now you're getting really ex existential because it's roads no one ever knows because they're all backstage. But the, but, thing if, is, but the thing is, just as things are have unique names and they and they might, for Disneyland, because it was the first, they might be because of Mark Twain or Tom Sawyer or something like that. As things went on, other names came along, you know, came along. There's only so many people you can name things, and you need to start naming things after newer people. When they built the trains for Florida, you have two trains. Okay, who's the two natural people to put there? Walt Disney and Roy Disney. And it goes on from there. But the thing is, is that they're unique vehicles, and the philosophy and the traditions that the company has always maintained are the traditional philosophies and tradi traditions that go with any other vehicle. You don't go naming multiple vehicles the same name. You, they're an individual. I, if any park ever had another Lily Bell, it would probably, in my mind, be Tokyo, because they tend to want to have things that are the same and are named the same. I, believe, I would agree in fact, with you I on think that. I believe their steam, uh, their steamship is the Mark Twain. I'd have to go look that up. I've forgotten now, but I think they have uh, a Mark Twain there. So again, and I, 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 I under I understand what you're saying, but you're you're talking in absolutes, like you're. No, I'm a, not talking. A, a, I'm ta I'm talking that I said that I would find it very very hard to say that I'm not saying an absolute. I'm saying that I doubt it extremely that it would you're right i agree with you if any other park would have copy it would be tokyo disneyland would copy and rename another craft the same as it is in disneyland but uh, tokyo disneyland does tend to go i don't want to say against the grain of what a lot of disney has done but they try to just copy i mean it, it's it's a copy is what it is. As, well, as great no, as the market is, I mean, it's a hodgepodge, but it's it. They use the same names, and I just looked it up, and there's is the Mark Twain Riverboat, so it's a, it is the uh, the same thing. So I think you could have another Lily Bell. I, I wouldn't speak in absolutes about. Yeah, you usually would name it after somebody else, but you know, we also got the Lily Bell Restaurant, which unfortunately is not the Lily Bell anymore. No. Uh, but that Fulton Crab House you know, or whatever. Full, yeah, well, it doesn't even have a steam wheel or a uh. paddle wheel on it anymore. Well, <laughs> uh, which is, I just it looks dumb without that. I think. Uh, okay, uh, so are we ready to get back to uh, gems? Sure. Yeah, gems. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Goodness gracious! Um, speaking of riverboats, right? You used to be able to go right up in the pilot house riverboat just by simply the, asking. Do they, do they not do that anymore? I don't know. I have not tried in a long time. I know they do in Florida, because I. But when I asked the girl, you know, because at Disneyland they used to have the pilot license that they'd give you, and I asked for one of those in Florida, and she looked at me like she didn't understand. But it was during the years of a million gazillion dreams, and she gave me one of these like little magical cards or something, like she made my day. Uh, <laughs> and the, the only Did she you make know, your day. She couldn't. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but the wife was present. Yeah. No, she wasn't. I was there on one of my many podcasting business trips, you know. So no, the wife wasn't around. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. The, the interesting thing about their Mark yeah. Twain or or their riverboat, it's much easier to get to the pilot house. You don't necessarily have to be taken up there, you know. They're, and they've got this little like uh, uh, I don't want to call it a low well. It's like a low wall with a little wooden gate in it. You know, it's, it's this wooden. Uh, pony wall and you can kind of walk right up to that point uh to go beyond that you have to ask but you don't really need to because you're right up there 
anyways, but... Uh, like a little f- suitable for framing, right? That's uh, sorry. That's uh, sorry, yeah, real yeah. small frame, but yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, it, was, it was cool. Um, last I heard, yeah, they'll still occasionally, not always, but they'll they'll try to allow guests up in the pilot house at the Mark Twain, only it's going to be kind of hard for a couple more weeks. It's still in uh, dock right now. They're still working on the engines. Speaking of which, interesting, funny thing happened today with the Columbia. She lost power coming at the dock, and we had some pretty good winds, and she was being blown out of the dock, and they had to pull everybody in to pull her, to grab the ropes and pull her back into dock. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then they finally got her tied off on the uh, st- on both the uh, bow and the stern so she could hold in place. Interesting. Interesting. I do know, um, I, I, I've been informed that the Mark Twain got a completely new paddle wheel. Yes. Yeah, there's pictures did. of it. If you look online, you can see that it's the it's in pieces, and they're slowly assembling it back. But it's quite nice. honestly, over the last few years, that hasn't been too terribly... That's um, not that rare. I mean, they've been... Repl- that um, paddle wheel's been changed out numerous times over the last few years. Mm. All right, more gems. Come on. More gems. More secret gems. I would say DCA Park is just like all the details they actually. <laughs> the whole park is park as a whole. I mean, I mean, just look. Everyone, whenever Secret they talk gem. about DCA, they always hate on it. I mean, just walking around doing stuff. There's so many little details that just don't people... hate. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, no, don't hate, yo. Wait, I think let's, our... let's call it what it is: California Adventure. There's only one park that has an acronym, and even that's been taken away from it. So it's, it's <laughs> Disney's California Adventure. Um, yes. Not just California Adventure, but I think by our photo contest, um, you know that that card should be given out to every DF who complains that that park has no detail. No kidding, because there's there's a lot of detail if you're just willing to get past uh, your angst against Pressler and other people, uh, Bravermen and such for that park. You know, if you can get past your your anger that you're a better Imagineer than the Imagineers uh, and look at the park, you might find some of those details. You know, I think, I think look Bugland is a lot really detailed. I, I just I like that. I, I like that section. I don't like rides in there. I like walking around there because they have. Oh, a lot I, of, kind of makes I you feel like small, doesn't it? I like Heimlich Choo Choo Train. That's a gem. That's a hidden gem for California <laughs> no, Adventure for you. That's a. <laughs> it's just a fun one. Okay, I'll I tell you what. That area Actually, to you, know, big... you know, I will say a hidden gem. Flix Flyers is a little, I mean, it looks dorky when you're looking at it, but when you're actually writing it, it is oh, kind of oh, fun. Oh, Flix Flyers can make me sick so fast. It's not even I, funny. I mean, that, you know, that whole area is <laughs> very anti what Walt made the parks to be, in my mind. And I, I think they did the same thing that uh, Magic Mountain had done, the same thing that Knott's Berry Farm had done, uh, where they almost make it to where you can't enjoy it together as a family, uh, yet Knott's when it even a step worse where adults can't even fit on some of the attractions at least on this one an adult could go on if he wanted to i mean the bumper cars may not move when an adult sits in it but uh, you you know you can still go on well, I'll, I'll say you know that i'm going to use toontown as a comparison you know you get on to the uh, gadgets go coaster at toontown i can barely squeeze in that thing it's not it has very little leg room there is a lot more leg room on the attractions over at. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, when they used to, when you used to be able to play in the balls and even the bounce house, <laughs> the SARS pit. Yeah, those <laughs> those were really intended only 
were only <laughs> intended for the small child. Um, and yeah, I got, I don't know. I, I got tired of getting calls from them about, you know, <laughs> defecation <laughs> and <laughs> or urination. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's, let's yeah, call it what it is. It's yeah, the, way we, to go, we man. Never, we, had, we never <laughs> had balls in there. They were eight parts. So kids would go in there and play with their nuts. <laughs> It was the acorn pit, <laughs> the nut house. I'm sorry, I'm still in junior high. It doesn't, you know, stop the fact that there was defecation and urination in there all day long. Plus, you know, it's proton spill or two. Protein spill. It spent more time cleaning itself up than I think it did. Wait, wasn't Richard telling us about the complex? Did you ever see how that thing cleaned itself? Cleaning system. Yeah, we already talked about that stuff. I don't want to. No one really cares. He just said suck balls. I know. Uh, I hope you recorded that and can replay it back. Oh, but it's underneath me laughing when he said suck balls. Yeah, and Disneyland Uh, 75 is saying, I said that, and that was Richard. Get get your voices straight. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Where were we? Gems, hidden Uh, gems. Uh, You know, I think think right now uh, a gem is the new uh, gallery in the... uh, the yeah. Lincoln pre-show. A lot of yes. people don't wander in there, and I think there's a lot of detail, a lot of things to oh, be yeah. seen in there. It, yeah, it, it does really look nice. Yet another example, though, of a shadow of its former self. But what's we'll that? The gallery. I I don't know. I think uh, I think they've done a really good job recreating a gallery. It could have been so much worse. And the, the wood detail, a lot of the photographs. I think it's equally as good. It's just now they've got a whole change out of artwork. Um, no, I like what they have. I just, you know, the gallery, when it was upstairs, you know, had a little courtyard. You could sit in there and, you know, yeah, relax. I mean, and yeah, or, I, I think that's the, that's the that's thing what that I'm you're talking just about. You, just, that you, have that, you, you don't have the chance to be able to just sit and relax. You do. No, I mean, they have, have, they have benches in the say, rooms. but you, know. say, you have the benches in the, in the back gallery there. Yeah, that's kind of nice to be able to just sit back and relax. But, yeah, you're right. It doesn't have the outside. It's more, it's more like a museum now than, it is what, than the gallery was. You know, you'd sit in a museum and look at art. Uh, what the gallery had, but you can't necessarily say this was because it was the gallery, but you had the uh, the ability to sit there and think, wow, this would have, if Walt would have lived, would have been his apartment. You know, yeah. we, we are sitting in a place the man would have sat. He never did, but, you know, you had that kind of fantasy in your mind that uh, potentially this would have been his apartment. This would have been really cool. To me, that's what made the gallery cool. Not that you can necessarily sit outside, but that you were up there where, you know, he had planned to to make a haven for uh, his family. Especially since you had some of the uh, original artwork of what the gallery was supposed to look like being built for that. And then that was the inspiration for how the gallery ended up being. No, I'm just going to actually did build it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, whatever it's being used for, you know, I think it was a little late, but I think the idea of what they're doing is good with it. But again, when it it, it came up, it was such an obvious location, and we've talked about it before. You know, considering the castle in Florida got, you know, finally finished to an apartment like it was originally intended to be. Uh, whoever, yeah. you know, whoever had their head up their ass, you know, pulled it out way too late when they finally got around to doing. Uh, what they did to the gallery, but you know, I was, I was going to go back to uh, what you were saying, Greg, about the angst some people had with uh, California Adventure. Um, one of the things I think a lot of people had was it was so new and 
quote unquote, your trees were smaller, everything was, you didn't have the fullness that it's starting to get now, um, you could still see the Hilton Towers across the street when you're standing in the park. And you could you still, still see can. I know you still get, well, not for not much longer. Not They're putting long. up an awful lot of steel up there. And, uh, you're you're only, street. and I was asking the Imagineers about this when at D23. I said, um, you're only fixing this for Lassiter's Cars Land, right? Because that really, anywhere else in the park, you're still going to see outside. Uh, the one place where they're making you be immersed yeah, is Lasseter's new Pixar yeah. land. You know, he's taking care of himself, you might say. Uh, but all the rest of the park, you will still see the outdoors just like Snot's Berry Farm. But, but what I was going to say is you take a look back at the pictures of Disneyland in its first 10 years. You know, I was watching the first 50 magical years. But you look at the first 10 years of Disneyland when everything, you could still see an awful lot of things on the outside you know, there, oh, just, true. there was, there wasn't it that much around. It's not all built up like it no. is today. Yeah, you could say the same thing about the magic kingdom. You could see, uh, a lot of things kind of beyond the berm, if you will. Now there wasn't yeah. much out there, but you could see some key things. And I've said, you know, give the, you know, uh, California venture a little time to grow oh, yeah. and yeah, it could it, grow it, into a decent park. Cause if you look at that model, that's in the Lincoln theater right now, and I'm kind of thinking, maybe I'm glad I wasn't here in 1955. Yeah. It was a cool new thing. But compared to what we have now, it really looks empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but true. you didn't have the comparison back there, and, and that's the sad thing. Oh, that's for true. California that's Adventure true. is you're looking at Disneyland over here, and you're looking right over here at California Adventure, and you're looking at the comparison, and it's like, you know, you do have that fresh newness, and it's just not going to pop at you like it will later on when it fills in and grows out a little bit. I'm finding I'm meeting more and more people that agree with my opinion that California Adventure and the Disney Studio, uh, Disney Hollywood Studio, are really similar in their um, the way they were put together. You know, they're kind of a dog leg. One's flipped the other way. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to do. And in fact, I really believe still in the studio there isn't a whole lot to do because that. The park was kind of designed around that two-hour tram tour, which is, you know, 15 minutes now. and Friggin' a waste. And, if a waste. and, you know, there's not – there's some detail in certain areas, like the, the Main Street, Hollywood Boulevard, if, if you will. But a lot of the other areas are not replete with a lot of detail. It's, 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 it's you know, it's like, see, it's like being on a studio lot. You're, you're looking at sound stages and, and things of that matter. And, you know, you would never hear a Walt Disney World apologist ever say something bad about that – park but they'll bag on dca they probably never even been there the parks are very very similar in the amount of things to do the lack of detail though i still think there's a lot of detail at dca but there's also a lot of areas with no detail so nothing nothing we we kind of talked about the whole reason (laughs) uh, the studios got kind of got built didn't we Say that well, again. That's, that's that's really not the the point to the story, but uh, we're just talking, you know, about yeah. Jokes. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. So, is there anything that you would miss when you go in? You know, I, I, unless you're going to pull another gym out of your ass, one of you guys. Uh, what are the things that you would miss when you go? Wouldn't miss in Disneyland. See, it's hard for me because I go a lot of yeah, times. A lot, nothing. Yeah. Just you know, walk down the street, look around. Too busy. Go home. Um, okay. It's, it's kind of changed uh, drastically over the last few years, but I still enjoy. You get a nice good afternoon, nice good evening. Um, if you're going to have dinner, and you just want something simple like just a burger or something like that. 
go sit out on the lower Hungry Bear and just watch the river traffic there, go by. That's it's nice that's, and relaxing. That's cool. So you're saying that's the thing you can't miss every time you go to the park. You do no. He's still it, he's still answering the gem question. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, things you can't miss. That. Well, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm there every day. I don't know what I would. The Esquire have says he can't see. miss Casey Junior Train. That's what he can't miss when he goes. That's my kid. Well, that, that's because he's small that. enough to fit inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Matt, by the way, you do look like the guy on Modern Family. I'm very yeah. sorry. Uh, I finally Thank saw you. the picture, and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. him. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, every other day you can send him to uh, Indiana Jones, whether it's going to be up or not. I send a lot of people there. But you uh, can't miss... You know, I, 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 you know what I can't miss? I can't miss the turnstiles. Uh, I can't miss the tunnels in the main street. Uh, I can't miss town square. I, 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 I try to miss the turnstiles as I go through them. Otherwise, that can hurt drastically. I, I can't miss the Esplanade. You know, there's. Um, you know what I can't miss anymore? Yes, you can. You Is can the- miss the Esplanade. Oh yes, you could go on the monorail, but I can't. Right. Miss, I can't miss the Toy Story parking lot anymore. Oh, that is such a hidden gem. There's a hidden gem for you. Yeah. Park at Toy Story. <laughs> oh yeah. Though you know it's funny. I went in there the other day, and I they made me park way at the end. And I saw these 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 two old people argue with the guy, and they let him park really close. So I thought, oh, they're going to get out of the wheelchair. No, they walked perfectly fine up to the uh, bus. But I, I I got on the bus. The guy went around, and the bus was full. I'm like, wow, he just let me on last minute. No, he makes his like little U-turn, and that, that turn mm-hmm. drops a whole bunch of people off. I'm now the only one on the bus, <laughs> and he goes right back to where I got on the bus to pick up a few more people, then right back around again. So I got to do like the full circle tour. Look, kids, that big turnaround. <laughs> Parliament. But, uh, but, man, that is so convenient. But when I was there the other night, I was – chit-chatting with uh, this friend of mine until about 1.30. I'm like, crap, I hope they're still running. And uh, they run to 2 o'clock. I was one of maybe five cars left in the parking lot. Uh, and at that point, they're only running two buses. And, you know, one won't leave at one until the other one leaves. Uh, but, that, yeah, that's kind of a hidden gem, not in the same way of uh, great things to see, but a better place to park than the Mickey and Friends uh, so, so, so so you like that better than the, than the structure? Oh yes. Well, yeah, because I don't know how many times I'm in the structure and I'm all you know catty cornered all the way to the other end. So first I've got to you know walk way over, then get in the melee of uh, you know smelly people getting on the uh, the trams, and it's it, I don't know you know it's it's there's this weird thing about um, the new buses or they're not new buses. I actually talked to the guy driving, and you know they're subcontracted. Uh, Arts, they're not. They're, they're, no, they're not art. Uh, OCTA, Orange uh, County Transit. The buses are leased from Orange County Transit. They're about ten years old. The buses, but they're in really good shape. But the guy told me he didn't work for OCTA. He's actually with a transportation company. But the buses themselves were leased from OCTA. But the drivers are not from OCTA. But regardless, it's minor. You know, who cares details? But it's almost like being at Disney World. Because you get on these buses that are very similar to the buses they have at Disney World, the older buses. And um, so there's a little bit of that, oh, I'm kind of at a resort thing. I'm taking the bus. It takes a few minutes to get to a park. Uh, so that was kind of weird the first time I got on it. But uh, it is much better than parking at the structure. 
Well, I, I will pass the word on because I was talking to a couple people yesterday about the thing. They're kind of there's a lot of hymns and hinds and wondering how people are taking with the new parking. Oh, oh I, I like it. I like it. Mike had a great parking space. <laughs> oh yes, I gotta post that picture. <laughs> I took a picture of it. Oh yeah. Tell yeah. us, Mike. What what section? Okay, do you park? there's a Buzz Lightyear section. And then there's other people. Well, we were there's parked. A, there's a Woody, and there's, there's uh, a Jesse. Jesse. Yeah, we parked in Jesse. Well, Jesse had a section that was 38D. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we just thought that was funny in our junior highways. Yes, uh, that was that was kind of funny, but it is it is convenient. Do right? Matt, do you what Matt says? We park at Jesse thirty eight D, get a Woody for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing too is you don't end up you know coming so around the, around the back side of Disneyland and then make that turn and find out you can't park in the structure and they send you somewhere else. Uh, you don't yeah. experience that, you know. You, you I, and now I'm changing. To- yeah, I'm changing the whole way I go. I don't bother to go up the five. I just get off the twenty-two and go head up north on uh, uh, Harbor. Doesn't take that long to scoot up there. Uh, and I, I mean, I could go the other way I used to go and get off of Cattell and do that route. But I find it easier just to scoot up Harbor. And you know, it's it's just convenient. It's you don't have to deal with that whole parking structure BS. Yeah, uh, Richard. Seriously, I mean, when we parked in Jesse thirty-eight D, I mean, I thought it was far from the bus stand but my walk from my car to the bus stand was shorter than my walk from a typical spot in the structure to the escalator well the closest the closest park the closest space in the uh parking structure will never probably be as close as most of the spaces in the toy story lot yeah okay so you get now, when you get there but first thing in the when morning, it's more crowded. It's actually quicker because we have more buses running too. Yeah, well, yeah, man, they have a gazillion buses. And in fact, when we, when I came in, we couldn't get off the bus for a second because there was an, enough buses that it filled up the whole uh, space over there where they used to drop off for Timon. That that whole uh, length of uh, space for the bus. The, Lion, the Lion King drop off. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to clear those out before we could get off, but it was a delay of like two minutes. And that bus drop off is closer. To your bag check tent, then tram drop off is. Oh yes, yes it is. Oh yeah, and And there's fewer people going through that bag check over there. Though that is where I got stopped by the asshole who told me my flash was too uh, fancy to go in to the park. But uh, so yeah, Toy Story parking lot hidden gem. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) hidden gem and a a not miss. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, any other not misses for you guys? I mean, because uh, uh, I do go so often, I, I can, I, uh, I can miss things. I, I, just being in the park is good enough. So, once I, you know, get the 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 can't miss turnstiles and the can't miss tunnels into can't miss town square, you know, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Ha, ha. <clears throat> Let's you know, see. I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to think of something that I always recommend to people right now. My mind is a blank. Yeah. yeah. Lorraine's in. You can't miss the Fast Pass Garden at the mansion. <laughs> if it's open, yeah. I guess sometimes you can go around the backside if you uh, know where that is. Uh, yeah, it's very cool back there. Um, I guess it could be a little make-out area, too. It, the the smoking section has been over there for a while because yeah, of the work around the river. But yeah, it should there. be moving back. It should already be moved back. I didn't even take a look at that today. 
I agree with her. Right you, you, and you have the train sounds. You know, if you like trains, which I do, it's it's yeah, it's a nice place to hang out. It's kind of you know sh- shaded over there. That's that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where Greg goes to play with balls in private? <laughs> okay, that was Richard talking about playing the balls. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna. That's a button to push right there. <laughs> Greg's well, playing that, with his balls. That's okay. coming back. <laughs> hey, I I play with mine in private. Richard seems to want to play with them in Toontown. So you know. Oh goodness! Uh, uh, nature, you know. I just walk through Toontown. I don't do anything over there. Another. Uh, well, I mean, could you consider the Challenge Trail a hidden gem? No. No. It's it's neat and fun, but no. Because there's some parts there that you can just kind of hang out. Yeah. Out, you, of, the, yeah, out of the way. But there's no more river running too. Hmm. If you want to go for a hidden gem in that neighborhood, I would rather go around the back trail by the waterfalls of uh, Grizzly Peak. Oh, yes. Because so few people go back there. And again, it's a nice place to just be able to kick back and uh, that's, that's uh, a- you know watch life go by, except that is a smoking area. So if only you're some of it, that, some only of it. some of it, true. That's where but, we were stashed for the 50th up that trail. But for those that like to have their. Uh, Cigars every now and then that might not be too bad too. Uh, I'm just there's not much. I would suggest I'd have said uh, blast there in the the theater before they moved out. Not many people were looking Boy, at that. You're uh, dating yourself there. How long oh, has it been uh, since I played there? Seven years, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've had we've had a couple shows come and go. One, since. no blast, then Aladdin. No uh, couple I thought Mary shows. Poppins came in then the no, Mary Poppins. I thought we had a Mary Poppins show there first. Mm. Oh, Steps in Time. Yeah. Steps in Time was first, and it sucked so hard they filled it with blast. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, if we're done with gems, then Richard, Greg, do you finally want to tell your story? That. Oh yeah, I, I was just. I guess I can just say it out loud. They're, they're arguing, or they're not arguing. They're talking about the haunted mansion. Someone said the mansion queue at Florida had more stuff in it. And I, I'm thinking ours is equal or has more because the pet cemetery is there. You have the mausoleums. Uh, if you get to go all the way to the back, you know the mausoleums are by the emergency exit. Yeah, we don't have our uh, headstones anymore. That's kind of a drag that we used to have up on the hill. I just find the architecture so vastly different. I couldn't even picture one over the other, like apples and oranges. No, they were talking about queues. The I queues, the, the queues, the, even the design of the queues are so different from one another. I, I'm not really sure you can consider Florida as a design. It's just you know a straight line around the front of the uh, the mansion. But they, they still have all their headstones and the one that moves, which is really cool. Yeah. But um, what I don't like is they used to take down the stupid pup tent over the queue uh, in the non-rainy seasons. Now it's like left up all the time, and so you can't get a picture of the mansion without the stupid pup tent in front of it, which drives me nuts because I want the picture without it. You know. Union. <laughs> but anyways, well, okay, yeah. So I, I uh, a friend of mine invited me to come up to the park Saturday. The uh, I guess what it, the Imagineer that worked on and programmed Lincoln did some more work on Lincoln and tuned him up some more. So uh, I have seen it, but I hadn't seen it. So he he actually did it between when we were there at Westfest and this last Saturday. It was done like maybe Wednesday or Thursday. The guy went in there and did some some uh, more programming. So uh, we were there to kind of see that, and he brought along an Imagineer with him, or an ex-Imagineer, but we, we kind of met up there. And this ex-Imagineer is, 
a film guy. That was his Imagineering thing. He was responsible for all the films uh, that opened in Epcot, uh, American Adventure, Star Tours, uh, worked with Tower of Terror. So he's got a long history at the park. He no longer works there. Uh, so we were, you know, just kind of walking around, around the park, chit-chatting about stuff, you know, and talking about some of the online community and where, you know, what podcasters are thought of uh, in the general community, Uh-oh. which is Uh-oh. yeah, not, is not encouraging. Uh, but part of the reason it's not encouraging is people like Mesa Verde Times, which I don't know. He didn't he hadn't heard of them. So I sent him a link to uh, Mesa Verde Times. Uh, and when I told him about it, because that was one of his attractions, and he's like, oh, my God, that is so dangerous that <laughs> they did that. Uh, and I'm like, well, duh, anytime you jump off a moving platform of any type or a, <laughs> no a, a ride, you know, it's, it's not a smart thing to do. But uh, he was telling me <laughs> this. This is really funny. Uh, things you, that probably people don't think about when they're recording stuff because they're, you know, they come in and record this, these lines, right? And they really don't know how they're going to be used sometimes. Uh, there's a there's a spot where I guess, and I don't remember Horizons well enough to to visualize this spot, but I probably if I went back and looked at some pictures, I, I could find it. I guess there's this uh, like woman controller, and there's a guy in a spacesuit outside, and she's supposed to be giving him guidance. And the girl recorded it <laughs> real sultry. It's like, uh, you're almost there. Okay, that that's good. In a little farther. Okay, deeper. You know, things like that, right? Uh-huh. So they get to, you know, the first day they get a test and they're turning all the sound on and, and all that. And they hear that and they're like, Uh-oh. oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We can't do this. So in that area, it's just turned down. Yeah, you know, they just they, <laughs> they turned it low enough. I guess you can't really make it out or uh, whatever. So I thought that was that was pretty funny. Um, but Lincoln, by the way, we did. We sat in the front row, which is both good and bad. The bad thing about Lincoln in the front row is you have to look at the new. Uh, digital projections right on top of them, and they they look pixel pixelate a uh, little pixelation sometimes, especially with the newer artwork that doesn't blend in real well with the old artwork. Um, and you can tell the you know the voice isn't coming directly out of his mouth, but his face does look even a little more um, tweaked than it was before. A little more movement here and there. It looked really good. Of course, the sitting and standing up is still the weak point of the show, in my opinion. I almost kind of feel like he should he just start in a standing position and, and leave it at that. But um, but it, it did look really good, so that was that was interesting to uh, to see again. Uh, but you know, we we got into things like he, um, we were talking about the river, and you know, the I don't know if you saw the article in the Orange County uh, Register. Uh, I think Richard and I talked about it a little bit in an email or something, but. Um, I saw a thing on Facebook, I think on Paul Berry's page, or somebody said there was thousands of cell phones found. Oh, yeah, uh, we, we talked, talked about, about this last, last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, you know, so we, we talked about that. That came up. And um, since he, he was on Star Tours, and we were talk, I was asking him if he knew anything about, you know, the new Star Tours, if, you know, what they were going to use. And he says, he, he's, you know, the, the word he has from the people he still knows, it is going to be a, uh, a video projector. Uh, so that that is sounding pretty good, and I asked him some things about the original, and um, he gave me some interesting stories of what they had to do because a certain executive at WDI insisted when the the thing first opened that he wanted you to, to use high definition TV, which at the time was still tube, 
and he's telling him, no, 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 you need to do film. And he's like, um, you know, I know this. I'm a film guy. I, I, this is what I do. We need to go film, not TV. But the, he and they, I forgot how much he told me the whole attraction. You know, they, they really did it on a budget, you know, a, a tight budget by today's standards. Even back then, he told me, so, you know, how much do you think all the films cost? You know, all the audio, all this. And I think it was like $3 million. That's the, the film in the queue, all of the, uh, the voice recordings in the queue, all the, the videos when you're waiting to get in the simulator, you know, all this stuff. So, you know, it's not much, really. I mean, they did do it pretty well, but they had to spend a fair amount of money. I won't say how much, so I'm not sure how much he would appreciate me broadcasting and, and not, but because well, this, you, already have, you know, as a podcaster, you ought to have a crap reputation. So what? That, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, and I'll get into a little bit of that uh, later too. But um, so they had to do a mock-up. So he says, you know, they they had Sony come in. They had they had you know, uh, let's say Panasonic. I don't remember all the different companies, but to bring in their biggest and best tube HD uh, sets, they had hanging so they, out and, the front of one of those things. Holy crap! And, and they made two mock-ups of the room with ex- all the chairs exactly how they would be. Oh. Built two of them. Don't don't forget, uh, you still have. I think it's the film cabinets on the back are still five thousand pounds. I think, if I remember correctly, yeah, he, uh, sitting on the back of these yeah, things. Okay. Weight. I asked him, but he says weight was not an issue. He said we had weight figured out. That was weight was never really considered to be a problem, and so it gets down well, to until it got to what the second year, and they started getting uh, cracks in the film cabinets. I don't know. I'm yeah. You know, this is what the guy's telling me that developed yeah, it. Yeah, you know. yeah. Um, so, you know, they're setting it up, and, you know, they ran two different uh, sequences in the big video tube uh, room. And he says, it's a good thing we did the film, you know, last, but, you know, they're thinking, okay, not bad. And they'd have people get up, move around, sit in different seats, so they sit at different angles. And then they got in the film version, they ran about two minutes of it, and they're like, okay, I guess that's settled. Because it looks so much better. Oh, yes, so much better. Because think about how long ago that was. And the best tube you could think of in the day um, is still at an industrial level, you know, not what we'd see at home. But still, you know, it just wasn't going to match what film was. Because I asked him, I said, why 70 millimeter? Why not just go 35? So, oh, no, no, no. He says, one, 70, 35 wouldn't have stood up to the rigor of what was it was being used for. They needed 70 really for the, the toughness and the size of yeah, the film. Yeah. That. And he was explaining to me how the film cabinet worked and how they got the negatives, how how they worked with uh, Imagineering, I mean not Imagineering, but uh, uh, Lucasfilm. And, you know, he was going through all the different processes of, you know, the internegative and this and that. And we, next time he insisted when we work with Lucas, we're going to do it this way so we get the pristine print. And oh, when they got to, I know what it was, when they got to um, Body Wars. Oh, uh, they may, there's, like, there's like bumps and stuff in the movie that they said you've got to do that there, not us do it back here and have to go through another negative, you know, and a reprinting and you know trying not to lose the quality, you know, keep it the highest quality as possible. Uh, but he had some really bad things to say about Body Wars. I won't get into that. I don't remember all the details, but it has to do with the personalities making it, why the story is the way it is. Because you know the one big thing about that one is. The idea was like, even with the centrifuges in Mission Space, the idea is if you look straight forward, you're probably okay. But in Body Wars, they've got a full running video on that little side screen Ugh. that's taking your eye away from the middle, you know, looking forward. 
And that's when you start getting quit motion. Not the. I I agree. Motion, not the. Well, I I agree with you on that one because I sat in uh, the top left back corner. And <laughs> I, I went. I'm like, God, how much longer is this thing? You know, it's like, is it about over? I think I've only ridden it twice because it's. Um, uh, well, that and trying to find it open is another problem. But uh, yeah. it it just. I didn't think it was that great. And I thought I was watching Interspace with different actors, you know. I, I, w- I wrote it once. My first trip to, to Walt Disney World, I won't ride it again. I, didn't, I was there with you. Yeah, well, Bush is there. Was, There's no was, way. Yeah, You're, you pro- probably won't have to worry about riding it your again. Your dad was pretty upset with me that I wouldn't go on it. Oh, like, JT? Oh, yeah, there's no way. Like oh, I know, I, man's got to know his limitations, right? That that is oh. very true. That is very true. So and then um, we got to see Cranium Command, which was cr- Cranium Command, kind, good. Kind of kind of cool shows. It's oh, even in that they talked about that movie and how they wanted it to be all animation, you know. And, and uh, I like I like the SNL people on that. Well, yeah, but you know, like to say, you know, it, it it ages, you know, because of who the people are and and, and they're and no that. longer famous or their shtick is old and no one gets it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, he, um, you know, he was talking about Star Tours and, um, you know, so this executive made him, you know, spend, waste really a lot of money, a re- you know, a fair amount of money to mock these things up when the guy says, hey, I'm supposed to be in charge of this portion of the project. I'm telling you it's got to be this way, you know. So, you know, and I was asking him about the, the projection and all that, and he was explaining how um, – you know, he says, well, you know how a lens works, right? And it's the same size as a film and blah, 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 blah. But he says, because we don't use a mirror to project on, it's a, it's a direct projection to the uh, um, the screen. Oh, and that was the other thing. He had to have, you know, he happened to find a screen they had laying around because he had to do these mock-ups. So, you know, now he's got to, you know, mock up the screen and everything. So, but uh, he said he already knew what color screen he was going to use. He had all this stuff figured out and then the monkeys thrown in or the wrenches thrown in there that, you know, they wants to do video, but uh, he's explaining how they use an oversized lens so they can do a direct projection. Uh, you know, not, it's not going off a mirror. It's shooting right up at the screen. Um, so it was really kind of cool when he gave you all the technical details of how it worked. And I thought that was, you know, really interesting. And I asked him, I said, well, was there ever an intention to, you know, have more films? He says, Oh yeah. He says they had planned to do, add, not replace, but add a new film every three years until they had four films. Nice. What happened and to I, that? Uh, money. You yeah. know, whoever decided that, well, the park's not complaining. Uh, the lines are still long. Lazy. It's wor- Lazy and cost, but I said, did you guys ever think about what that does to the people running the attraction when somebody says, well, I want to ride this particular experience? He says, we never even thought of that. Because that, that was never an issue at the point, because the, it was just decided we were, we were going to do these things, and then it just never happened. And so I thought yeah, that would have been kind of cool. I think I think that from a from the park side of it, that kind of came up to oh, what if when they had uh, world premiere Circle Vision still running, and that's when they were running like the Wonders of China and the morning shows, and then in the afternoon and evening they were switching to American Journeys. Because people would come in in the afternoon, but I wanted to see China. I'm sorry, we switched films, but I want to see China, and that come, suddenly yeah, got to come the back tomorrow of, morning. Okay, yeah, that if because I think the next one was supposed to be the uh, uh, Hoth expedition, 
because of the one that's one of the advertisements they put up there at the. Well, uh, he he said pre-show. not to. He said don't correlate the pre-show with the movies you were going to make. So well, I'm, that, I'm just you know. Did he yeah, say, I mean, did he say what movies they were going to make? Because no, know. but he he said that pre-show was you know a pre-show. Don't don't necessarily think that those were the, the right, ones that were going to make. Right, but I think that what I was led to believe, I'm not going to say I was out and out told, but what I was led to believe was they were going to do Hoth next because that was another big, you know, Endor was one of the big planets in the first three movies. Hoth was That we never got to, right? And tattooing was the third one that they were talking about doing. And suddenly from the ride operation standpoint, when they had to deal with the people complaining about switching movies at Circle Vision, they're going, well, what if we have two and two Two going to one destination, two going to the others. Everybody's going to go to the new destination. That means we're going to have two cabins <laughs> running half empty. Because yeah. just make it random. New film. It, should just, it should just be well, random. Well, you, yeah, you should just load random. But he said that was never an issue because it never came up. It just came up that, you know, yeah. since, the, since the park wasn't complaining and asking for it and the lines were still long, there's no reason to change it. It's still viable. Let's not mess with it. Um, and, of course, Lucas has got you know a partial say over what they do with it and all that or how about um, those days where they're running you know two two cabins well i asked him i said well what about florida it's got six he says well at, you know when the initial plan came in there wasn't a there was no plan for a florida version yet so they were simply planning for the disneyland version he says really what came up because i said well you know i saw a thing with with uh Randy Bright on on the Disney Channel where he was talking about the simulator and they were gonna you were gonna experience different things like the the indie car driving the moguls of skiing and all this he says yeah we played with that what what we didn't know is because simulators were new at the time nobody was really doing this should we just do this where you know you're getting on a simulator or is the intent to make it as real as possible to where uh, you don't you can't separate the reality of getting on a simulator. It doesn't look like a simulator. So uh, somewhere along the line, that was decided that they'll make it more of the experience where uh, you don't know you're getting on a simulator. It looks, you know, it's supposed to look like you're getting on a real vehicle. And I have to say, I, I like the experience that they created. I thought it was really nice. Because he said one of the early ideas was it was going to be the Millennium Falcon you were getting on. That was one of the uh, you know early ideas. Um, but he says, you know, he says we didn't buy these from anybody. He says it's you know not like they came with video uh, oh. on them and we stripped them off. He says we bought the um, let's say the hydraulics in the platform, and then they built the cabins. Uh, he, and they tested it out. Um, he says we did do a video mock-up when we first had the platform, and you know, and the hydraulics and all that to test it to see how it would work. But you know, we pretty much built the cabins and stuff, or had them built, uh, however that worked. But they didn't buy like an off-the-shelf system except for the the hydraulics and the the platform that sits on the hydraulics. That was like a, a system they bought. He told me the name of the company. I don't even remember now. Yeah, I remember. I was going to say that two two, two a couple of years prior to Star Tours being built, there was an article in Popular Mechanics about a company in eastern Canada that was making, this is when you had those simulators in the shopping malls, you know, paid for that type of stuff. And this company was making larger ones that were made for amusement park rides and they were, can hold anywhere from 12 to 20 people in one of them and they were showing this whole little thing on the article. I thought that'd be a great idea, and then you know, lo and behold, a year later, 
uh, Star Tours was coming out, which was twice as big, holding 40 people per cabin, and they were doing the whole thing. And I thought that's where they got there. They were getting a lot of the uh, off-the-shelf technology and then just modifying it to their needs uh, for Star Tours. Not according to this guy. They bought you know the hydraulics and the platform that sat on top of the hydraulics, but the rest of it was all them. Uh, deciding how to make it the best experiences because they had been toying with it for quite a while. In fact, I think the thing I saw with Randy Bright was at least four or five years before we ever saw Star Tours. I don't know the exact time. I'm guessing based on when that was running on on the old Disney Channel. But um, the good Disney Channel. What's that? The good Disney Channel. The good, yeah, the pr- the prior <laughs> to the paid Disney Channel versus the commercial Disney Channel. Yeah. Um, so you know that was. That was interesting to hear the development and who you know who stunk stunk who who put the monkey wrenches in um, and made them spend money they really shouldn't have needed to because they already had it figured out uh, and you know kind of talked about how some of the egos work up at, at Imagineering and uh, th- things of that nature you know so that was kind of cool and I say he worked in all the films yeah he, he talked about American uh, Journeys and how the guy that kind of gets the credit for the film was not as much of a player in the film as everybody makes it to believe, you know, and he talked about how some of these guys that write these books about Imagineering, a lot of his revisionist history. Well, uh, you know, who made American Journeys was uh, McGilvery Freeman Studios down here in Laguna Beach. Oh, he was and talking also, about the director, like the guy who's credited with oh. the director, but he was the film guy, so he was actually in charge of the uh, uh, film production, this guy. Uh, well, because I, I was actually there when they were, uh, let's see, they had just finished, American Journeys in China were both out. I'm trying to remember what they were working on down there when I was visiting down there when I was still in film school. Um, but the, yeah, they had the uh, nine, nine, nine layout gang sinks for the editing. And I do know that with Epcot and everything, they were still practicing a lot of the uh, setups over in Soundstage 3 at the studio. Oh, yeah. He they talked had, about having, they had every, before Epcot opened, they had every single film mocked up on the studio. Yeah. Uh, or at Tahunga, one place. In fact, do you remember the uh, the mermaid mock-up we saw in Tahunga? Yes. That was this guy's project also. So he was in charge of that also. So That was a very, very cool mock-up. And I, I'm sorry they didn't create well, so, supposedly, he, what, from what he's saying, the new ride that we're going to see now is not that far off from what they had developed way back then. I, so. I hope so, because that, that was really cool technology. But, uh, yeah, so I guess because he was the film guy, he, and he, was kind of, he said he came from the studio. He, well, he originally worked at Disneyland, went to the mailroom at the studio. And from the studio, he got, he got into film, and then he got loaned to uh, – uh, Imagineering, that he was like the lone Imagineering film guy. So he was in charge of every film. I said, you know the one I really like in Florida? He says, France. I'm like, yes. He goes, it's a work of art. He says, that's our best film ever. I said, you know, it, it it's showing some age now. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, some people I in it that really show the age. Ageless. But, uh, no, it, we're, it, you know, the film is, I mean, the music is classical. Yeah. They, he just considers that's, that's the best film they ever did. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you know, it was interesting when he's talking about horizons and you know those big Omnimaxes. Um, but you know, this guy was just full of information. But I kind of asked him about you know the podcasters, and unfortunately, the Al Putzes, the Laughing Places. But they, Al Putz they, is not a podcaster. 
Well, he they a lot of on, people don't separate the podcasters from the that. bloggers, the podcasters, the fan community, if you will, the the online new media community. How's that? Uh, okay, the all encompassing. Those guys have given the rest of us a bad name. Uh, places like Mesa Verde Times, where we kind of giggle and laugh and say those guys had some stones. They were also violating about every rule that. Uh, sure. You violate in the park. Those guys give the people who try to give legitimate information a bad name. He says we we even got into. You know how I've always said, and I've said over and over, it's not a story. These these rides were originally intended to be experiences. All right, I've said yes. that a hundred yes. times. Yes, he's he goes. That's exactly what's going on. He says all these people that are making up. Uh, you know, revisionist history about stories in the mansion or stories here. It's all BS. That's not the way it was originally developed. And he said a lot of these books that have been written is a lot of them are revisionist history to make whoever's writing them look good. He's even all the way up to the top where you've seen some books by, let's say, J.H. or uh, M.S. Uh, he says a lot of them have, you know, you know, been things here and there to make it look good, you know. And, and but then again, you know, the writers of history always make it look good for themselves or, you know, well, the greater. What, what's that famous line on history? History is written by the victors. Yeah, I mean, so it was just interesting to, to hear him kind of validate some of the things I was thinking. Because I, I told him, I said, you know, I don't really like a lot of those, you know, like the mice chat and the mice agent. He, I friended him on Facebook and he, he's, um, and I sent some emails back and forth. And the last night I was talking to a friend of mine. And he popped up with a little thing that he'd just been over to, to Laughing Place in Mice Chat. And I said, yeah, I logged in once. Because remember that time, Richard, you told me about it was the film dudes the, you know, that were up on the, the platform and people moving. Everybody assumed it was imagining oh, making yeah. an attraction. Yeah. And I told these people, I know who they are. This is not an attraction thing going on. And they berated me. They crucified me that I had no idea what I was talking about. They knew better. A new attraction was on the way. And he witnessed something like that over there, and he says, "Yeah, I, there's no, there's, you can't argue with him. These people think they know everything, and he says it's just given, you know, the um, the community and the podcasters a bad name because they kind of lump them all together because some of the podcasts are putting out this stuff too. Like, remember I told you that I had, had read that Tower of Terror originally started out to be uh, with Mel Brooks and um, Castle Frankenstein." He says absolutely not true. I never huh. heard that. Yeah, it, there's, there's a whole site about Tower of Terror, and they get back into the backstory about what it was. Yeah, can you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says absolutely not. It was Tower of Terror from the beginning. Uh, and I've asked the question: Couldn't Disney have done something else, like something on their own, or you know, could I see how Tower of Terror uh, or um, Twilight Zone might have worked at the Disney MGM because it's a music studio a lot? But maybe here at Disneyland, did it need to be still considered Tower of Terror? Could they have themed it some other way like they did out in uh, uh, Tokyo? Or uh, was it Tokyo? That had, yeah, Tokyo's got the different story. But anyways, you know, he, so he, I'm got into, he, he got into some things like that, how, you know, these these websites and uh, these people that are propagating bad information and making up their own stories and how everything's got to be story-driven, you know, and, and – it just drives them nuts. Plus the leaks, um, without saying who the leaks were, he says that literally some of them, some Imagineers are leaking information 
So their ideas have a possibility of sometimes getting picked up because they figure, well, if the online community starts reacting positively to some of these ideas, then maybe Disney will recognize oh, that. that's I'll, crap. I'll get the money for my project. That's uh, such um, crap. <laughs> no, I've, but, I've, I've, I've seen some of that crap go on, though. Yeah, but, but you know. Uh, I've also been told that they plugged the leak and the way they did it was very crafty. I have to admit, you know, I, there's no way I'm going to broadcast it because I've been told by two people and you know, kind of high positions that I'm not going to make it look like they're passing stuff out. But I had to laugh when they figured out. So we'll see over time now if Al is as credible uh, as he thinks he is. And he's not well thought of uh, from the Disney side. Neither is um, Jim Hill from what I'm hearing. Um, so. Oh. Though I somehow we got on some panels at D23. I don't know how that happened, but, um, uh, you know, it's not all these guys are, you know, their shit's in low places. Yeah. You know, their shit stinks like the rest of us, I guess what you could say. So I told the guys, God, I feel bad because sometimes I'll, I'll do some research for my show because I try to give out the right information. And I'll look at three or four or five different places and I'll try to find the common threads and throw out the stuff that seems obviously wrong. He says, hey. Send it to me first. <laughs> like, I don't want to well, do that all the time and fact check with this guy. But the guy was there long enough through a lot of key times to know what was going on from, you know, how the project. I thought the projection in Star Tours was off a of mirror. He says, no, it's a direct projection. Uh, oh, he talked about like the American uh, Journeys or no, American Adventure. He said the projectors are like, was it 60 or 90 feet? Behind that screen, because he, he goes, so, you know, so they can get big, so the image can get big well, enough. Big, big, and of course you can't do it from the front because you'd have animatronics in the way that cast shadows and all that. So yeah, it's to get the big picture. Um, and he did that. He worked on that also. He, he I said, well, I, I think it's great. It's a great montage. It's been it's upgraded here and there, but uh, so you know, well, it's, it's interesting to hear how they did all this and how they did all the mock-ups and how they got from point A to point B or from blue sky to final product. Um, you know, it was fascinating to hear, and I got to ask all those questions about the. Well, is this true? Is that true? And no, no, no. You know, ninety percent of it was no. It's not. You know, it's 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 either revisionist history, people making up their own stories, people leaking and, stuff. It's and not the, and this guy wouldn't like to come on here and uh, uh, you know, set I'm the gonna, record straight. I, I'm going to keep the line of communication open. And see what happens. I, you know, he told me because you know his, I guess his, um, his cone of silence or his years of, uh, his, you know, his, when you his leave, NDA, you his NDA, yeah, is probably long past. But you know, there's also that thing about uh, we know that certain people that review Disney movies will never say anything bad about a Disney movie because then they won't be getting the movies to review anymore. And I'm not saying the guy that's part of the DPN. I'm not saying him. But okay. I have been told back channel that some of the guys in the larger Disney community that do a lot of movie reviews that get movies free absolutely will not say anything bad because if they do, they won't be getting uh, stuff from Disney. So it's not real credible or potentially is not credible to count on their opinion. But then again, how many people in the Disney community really talk – Smack. I mean, most of the time they suck in the, the pixie dust. We've gone over all the arguments how, oh, Wally's the best thing ever. And then as soon as the next one out, that's oh, the best, that's the thing best ever. one ever, yeah. Um, and quite frankly, even amongst Disney, it sounds like nobody was really impressed with Princess and the Frog. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you know? That was okay. So uh, I have no opinion. I haven't said I was going to say, I didn't though, say it either. 
It's a story it's, problem. It's not an animation problem. Yeah, yeah, the animation's but, standard hand-drawn animation, well, right? Well, it's it's it's. There's one guy that wouldn't use the new technology, so he hand drawn. They they scan, from what I understand, but they they draw like on a pad, uh, you know, with a computer stylist or whatever the the stylist. But that pad, not only does what you're drawing come up on the screen, it also comes up on the pad. So like, mm. I have a drawing pad for Photoshop, but it's black and you don't see anything there. You have to look at the screen. But on the new way, you can it. You know, it's down there, like on the paper. I'm air quoting, yeah, and, and on the screen. But the problem is, we, we've seen those over at NAB. I mean, they showed yeah. them for we're, Apple devices. We're getting comments from the from you know the listening people here. One yeah. person likes the music, right? And then someone yeah. else goes, "Oh, the problem is story, pacing, dialogue." It's exactly so, Esquire's right. Mass. <laughs> He's right, but the you know think about an artist who grew up with a pencil. Or with some kind of medium that, you know, is a little soft to the touch and paper. If you've watched the opening of the Pacific, uh, how the the uh, graphite breaks as they're going across, uh, they're writing with it, right? That's what artists are used to. So to now take this this hard edged thing that doesn't have the feel of uh, uh, a true artist tool for old, you know, old timers. That's going to be odd for the new people coming up that learn that way. It's probably going to be great, but for you know, you take an animator from well, who's been working for twenty years with a pencil and paper to put him on a you know rigid computer thing with a rigid pencil that doesn't have the feel. That's that's a big difference, you know. Well, that's that's like with anything with all the new technology in there. Is when I went through film school and everything, we learned on film. We were never we we made fun of vidiots, people that worked with video. We called vidiots. <laughs> we, we we made fun of them because we were film makers. We worked uh-huh. just everything in it. Oh. I just because that was the job that was available working on television. Uh, I mean, I learned very much to fall in love with it and work the tools with Avid and Final Cut and everything else. I can't you know, that, there, there was an interesting article, but, and I, I was asking these guys about it. Uh, it was about Desi Arnaz making a very crucial decision when they did I Love Lucy, and that was to film it. Right. And I think it was... But he still used three cameras. I was say, he's, aren't they the pioneer of the three-camera sitcoms? Well, for, forget about that part of it. It's not about that, because you're not letting me finish. And I think it was... It wasn't Art Carney, but what's the... What was... Red Skelton, I believe, had a lot of uh, television shows at the same time. What he chose to go with was, I think, the same way that the Disneyland opening day was done. What, what's that... Do you remember that process, Richard? It's, Kinetoscope. Kinetoscope. Kinetoscope recording, so I'm air quoting, have not held up. They've deteriorated. So what what this commentator was saying is, look at I Love Lucy. Not only is it a quality and their stories stand up even today. It's just, it was done just so well. People can watch it today and be entertained. But all of this stuff done by Red Skeleton, most of it's not even available anymore because it's in such poor shape or it's just yeah. totally deteriorated. We've lost, like, it's a, a generation of uh, classic entertainment because he chose poorly. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that you were talking about your artists between pencils and the newer kids. I learned with the video. I, there's people that are that I look up to that are not. They're only a couple of years older than me. They still work with film and they can't picture dealing with video. It's just way beyond them. It's because they like their film. They like. Why well, not? Architecture is the same way. People that learn and done with pencil. But I see what the thing that is. I think wrong with some type 
of architecture today is the way it's taught and the way it's taught on the computer. They're they're not taught to put the building together the same way they used to by hand. So it makes the young bucks coming out of school think they know more and they don't want to pay their dues necessarily uh, in learning how the package is put together. They're they're thinking, you know, a bigger picture rather than the progression of how the drawings go together. So it's a, it's a different mindset, a paradox shift, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, if if I can th- go back to what you're talking about on the way pod, the viewpoint of how some of these folks think of podcasters and the the whole new technology thing, just to pat us on the back, I think that's why we kind of came out with the whole mouse busters ideas because there is a lot of revisionist history and a lot of stories that were just that. There's stories that are being told that are being made out to be truths, and when we find out something and we find the correction to it, we're, we quickly come back out and say we were wrong and make the correction like I did with, or both of us did. We had heard the story on the uh, airplane with the great movie ride, only to find out when you actually look at it, they didn't use an airplane in yeah, Casablanca. Well, there, there's other problems, though, too. And I, I'll give you an idea. And I think uh, our friend Mark Zimmerman, um, no, wait, not, uh, Silverman, Mark Silverman, was telling my intermediary friend because i told him to pass on a message that he owes me some recordings that he hasn't brought you know got to me yet um so he's taking that with good cheer and laughing about it but i guess i want to say because he he relayed a story of he heard on a podcast to this guy i know and um the story says they they went on forever about churros, and I thought, oh God, he listened to the show where we were <laughs> that was us. whether or not they <laughs> they you know charge tax or don't charge tax, and whether it's outdoor venue. And I'm like, it's stuff that people really don't care about. Well, it was obvious because here's a guy who loves Disney because we know it. He talked about you know scooping up the water out of, <laughs> of the uh, pirates. And putting in a little bottle and taking it home. And he used to carry his recorder around in the park. He's kind of geeky like us, right? And uh, he listens to our show because we give him our cards. And it's the Churro Show, which, you know, was probably <laughs> right up there with the time we talked about copyrights versus... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Stuff I, it's, stuff, it's more like stuff. the time when you and Mike were doing your own movie reviews. We didn't always try to stay away from movie reviews. Yeah, if we did, they, they were email requests. No, I'm talking about way back in like the first year or something like that. You and Greg did it. You know, if we did, it was it, a request because we we agreed that neither of us wanted to get into the movie review business because other people I, are doing I'm it better than us. A, yeah, but I'm taking a, a little affront to that because uh, art is in the eye of the beholder. So to say that we can't do movie reviews is a little short-sighted because it's our opinion whether or not the movies – we're not getting into the, oh, shoot, they, they ran that at 24 frames a second instead of 30 and look at it. Or they, they, you know, they should have shot on Panavision versus uh, Red or so. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whether or not we thought the story was good or the visuals were good or the editing was good. I mean that's fair. I think any – you don't have to have a special degree to know when a film sucks, right? Uh, and by the way, I'm putting a challenge out here to both of you, okay? Uh-oh. I, I have in my Netflix queue, and it's got to come to my house because I can't stream it, Paranormal Activity. <laughs> I am going to get both of you in the same room to watch that when it comes in because uh, there's, there's, there's a multi-angle that I want to get at here. One, both of you bastards say you want to <laughs> make a movie and you never get off your asses to do it. Hey, I, I hey it's all I about you, hey, how, how many scripts have I written? Find us a script, dude. Every 
one of them. It always comes I, down to story. We can't find a good no, story. I, I, I totally agree, and I've all, probably only read one of yours, Richard. Maybe you guys two. handed and me I, an I, awesome I, story from 1975. Too bad there's I, two movies that were just like it. And I, and I, they're, sim- they're similar. I, I think we could tweak them. No, hell no. People yeah. look at that look at it as a complete ripoff of the two meteor movies. And, and well, but it's not about a meteor. I know, but you know, up until the point that it's revealed sure, that it is, sure, sure. everyone's, everyone's right. going, "No, I've seen this. It's called what? Deep Impact." No way, yeah, I see, I see this. It's called Armageddon. Yeah, no, they but how out. many times do those happen? Like we have Twister, and then we have all the the cheap made for TV Twister movies, well, I right? Make a cheap made for TV. <laughs> okay, but look at who we we are. We're not Spielberg. We're no. we're not. Oh, by the way, have you? There's a new Spielberg J.J. Abrams film coming out called Super, Super, Eight. Super Eight. Yes. Oh, that looks really cool. Well, okay, it looks cool. Do you, do you know what the hell is it about? No. Uh, yes. You do? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Not from the about, trailer, you don't. Yeah, I do. It's easy to put together. If it's not about close encounter type stuff, then they really misled you by the uh, trailer. Yeah, Welcome to J.J. Abrams' world. What's that? Welcome to the world of J.J. Abrams, where misleading you is part of the game. That's true. I love J.J. Abrams. Um, See, yeah, John, Don John says it's an alien being transported from Area 51. Well, you know, oh, what, shoot, a bunch what, of people have dropped out. When, when I first saw it, I thought, bored with us? Well, because we were supposed to be asking them, you know, hey, what do you think of this? And we're not, we're kind of ignoring them. When I first They're saw the tra- talking to themselves. Yeah. yeah, they are. When I first saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. I, I'm, I really, I'm thinking, okay, wait, what can he do after the third kind? You know, um, but anyways, yeah, it just I saw that trailer the other day, and I'm like, wow, that looks pretty interesting. But um, what uh, trailer did you see? All we saw was the pickup truck going on the train tracks, causing the accident, right? The I say, yeah, well, it started out looking, it reminded me of Close Encounters when it first came on the screen. You know, I saw it with uh, probably the same one you did with Iron Man. Yes, maybe I. Visual, in my head, I put more to the uh, uh, the trailer than what it showed. But I immediately thought these all these visuals reminded me of Close Encounters. Instead of the guy stopping in the light and it's shaking and the light coming on, he's like running from it or you know something to that effect. But um, thank you. I don't know. I I, I think it's. It, that's that's just what it reminded me of. So I immediately went to that uh, that thought about what it was. But but anyways, what I'm getting down to, you know, is uh, uh, as uh, you know, amateur filmmakers, you know, and I look at Lou and Bob as two that you know put their money where their mouth is, good, bad, or not. They've tried to make all these little films and have uh, done well in their own little uh, genre and area, and they have fun with it. That's all I want to do is go out and have fun and complete a project. Uh, but you know, I, like I say, I always will point back to Clerks. Blair Witch, now Paranormal Activity, which were done on the cheap, all were very successful and, <laughs> launch, and launched careers of people who now... But first of all, <laughs> we have to have wait, consensus. Wait, wait, wait. When a script is written, okay, I don't like, care for it, but let's make it. <laughs> These guys are funny. Yes. Matt's like, do I have to put on a wig and leather pants to get any attention? <laughs> uh, talk about uh, yourself. Yes. The Holy Roman Empire is neither Holy Roman nor an empire. Okay, funny. Lies. Yeah. Which... That's funny. Sorry. Guys. Yeah, I, I know. I and you know, no matter what we do, we'll argue the whole way through because everybody will want to, you know, tell the other one what to do. But I just want to get out and get the, you know, I'll the process just tell you started. Where to go. I'm sure you will. All right. So, <laughs> um, any, any of you listening have good un unprocessed scripts that you want to, you know, give to three bumbling filmmakers? You know, um, and again, you may say that people will say that's a ripoff. So what? <laughs> it's 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 a viable script that we can sit down and do, and it's actually finished. It's ready to go. 
and without with a little bit of modernization because it was written in the seventies. Um, <laughs> but but it, but it's there, right? It's I mean, written, who cares? Written thirty five years ago. Who are we going to show it to? That's going <laughs> to it's going to like really that. matter. It's just a project to do, right? It doesn't really matter. True, true, true. But you still want it to, you know, whoever we show it to, even those that are on our side because they're our friends and family, we don't want them turning and looking at us like, do you steal this from two movies or what? Yeah, so what? You know, I mean, look, I always laugh when I watch the uh, M. Night Shyamalan extras on his uh, uh, DVDs where he shows the little films he made as a kid and uh, a teenager, and you just got to laugh. It reminds me of what I used to do when I used to blow up my... uh, my models and stuff with firecrackers and gas and I'd film them and do little stop motion animation with my little Herbie model car, you know, and my little, uh, you know, it's just, you did stuff for fun just to practice and do it. And we did a claymation film in school. uh, Me and this, um, uh, his last name was Ordway. I can't remember his first name now. He did the clay stuff. I did the James James Ordway. He, I put, did the music and the filming. He did the animation. I did the spaceship thing. It was, you know, it it was a lot of fun and, you know, it's probably never, you know, going to get to do something like that again. It was, it was really cool. Uh, so, anyways, I'm just saying, I, but I'd also like to get you guys, I'd love to do a, a recording when you two are watching Paranormal Activity. <laughs> put, your, put Richard's little this, lick and stick camera up in the corner. Yeah, is, is, that, is, this, is that come in yet? This, no, not yet. Is uh, this going to be kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 now? No, because no. I don't think you guys will be able to open your mouth through the thing. You're going to be so terrified. Yes. Uh, knowing you two. No, no, no. Does it have anything to do with spiders? Yeah. It, no. Not, we're I'll not down fine. for the spiders. You know that. Yeah. Mike and I will be fine. If there's spiders, we'll freak. But Mike, oh, no. Mike, Mike, Mike will not be fine. And, is he, and he already knows it. He's, he's That's why to, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm not good. I'm, I'm not good you, with the I, scary. I was describing this to somebody the other day. I saw it like Yes, Peter, it was arachnophobia. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I saw Ugh. that movie when it was the first or second day in a full theater. You could have cut the tension with a knife. The two guys in front of me were, they were I mean, they're like 20 something, squirming in their seats. There was a point where the guy says, I'm tired of this. I'm getting the Ouija board out. You could hear the. <laughs> The whole theater, like in a collective sigh, like, I don't, oh my God, I can't believe he's going to do that. And then later it starts to catch on fire. And the th- you, I, I mean, literally, girls going, oh no. And there's all, I'm like, I, I couldn't decide, you know, this this feels like it wants to be real, but you know, it's got to be a setup. But watching and listening to the crowd and, and the wife next to me, I, w- I was almost giggling. I was like giddy with, wow, this, this film is working. It has sucked people in. Like, no movie I don't think I've been in the theater with before, other than Babel, when everybody clapped when the illegal alien got kicked out of the country. The rest of the movie sucked, but when they kicked the illegal alien out of the country, the whole theater went, yeah, they're clapping. It was really funny. Okay. <laughs> so that, that was about my You know, I'm sure I'm going to remember other little things that uh, the Imagineer dude told me that, you know, I found it interesting and uh, and all that, but I thought I would relay the Star Tours stuff. I thought that was pretty cool since the new Star Tours cool. uh, is is coming along sometime soon. Uh, but uh, you know, he had other. Uh, you know, oh, he he dislikes Captain Neil very much, and he was part of that. In fact, the the other guy with me wanted to go see it, and he's like, no, and I'm, I'm not. I don't want. No, no, not not gonna do that. Um, so even you know, I've always said sometimes. Even you can't blame Imagineers necessarily for the end product because they a lot of times are simply given a project to do. Uh, they do it to the best of their ability. Doesn't mean they may like the project, the genre, whatever. But you know they 
it's theirs to do. Uh, so, you know, whatever. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. What was the name of this film that you guys were talking? That you saw the trailer to? Super, uh, Eight. Super Eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, Super Eight. There was a couple other. Uh, uh, there's a trailer I found on uh, uh, the Apple site called OSS One One Seven. I think it is. It's a French film, and it almost seems like a, an Austin Powers. This guy's like, like a James Bond, but it's in modern times. But they're not. They're not playing it up campy like. Um, uh, Austin Powers, but you know, I'm trying to follow the French and figure out why the guy is kind of out of time, if you will. Uh, you see that? Sorry. See what? I'm jumping over my head. Sorry. Finish what you're saying, and I got something to say because Don. Oh, I, I, I don't know the basis of the story, other than it seems to be that the guy seems to be from the '60s. It seems like, and now he's you know in the 2010, and. He seems out of place and out of time, like he's an old spy. So where's he been for, you know, 30, 40 years? There's no real explanation for that in the trailers, and it's all subtitles. So I'm trying to follow all the dialogue and figure out what's going on in this short trailer. But it looked interesting. Uh, and this one, the one thing about the, the Apple um, trailers, a lot of times you'll see trailers there that aren't in general release, like um, the Sleeping Be- Awakening Sleeping Beauty. That was, is, I want to say that. It's in limited release really just long enough in enough theaters to make it qualify for the Academy Awards. So, you know, it may be hard to find. I know it's in LA, uh, but it's not anywhere in Orange County that I know of. So if you want to see it, you'll have to wait for video or go to LA probably. So what were you going to say? Oh, um, Don brought it up. I actually put it up on the forums about how um, in Iron Man 2 when Mr. Stark comes out and acts like Walt Disney and stuff like that and how they threw a bunch of... Oh, yeah. My wife kind of said, that's, that's kind of like Disney, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was almost like seeing Epcot, you know, being told. Well, you did notice that the place they're in uh, was the 1964 World World's Fair. Fair, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, should, you should see the stuff on the company websites now also with Iron Man since now, of course, we have... Marvel, it's you know it's going to throw its little tie in. They got they got Richard Sherman to write a great big beautiful tomorrowish song. I don't know if it was necessarily uh, that Disney tied it in. It's just it. Or it I, I'm just saying in general. But you know what, what's odd right now is that was a Paramount film. The Iron Man costume right now is sitting in the commissary at the studio. Disney owns Marvel, and uh, yeah, you know, I told you we bumped into Stan Lee, didn't say anything to him, but we saw Stan Lee when we were up at the the studio uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, But it's just this odd little quirk, and uh, I know that there's an agreement now about what, you know, what Paramount's going to make, what Disney wants to develop, uh, and, you know, the Iron Man sounds like it's going to stay with Paramount for now, but though Disney owns the property, so it's all this weird, you know, um, uh, almost like inbreed type of sharing stuff. Disney and Paramount, that hasn't been too strange ever since way back when. I mean, well, there's always a lot of blending between Disney and Paramount with Eisner. True, but you know, when they started those films, I don't think they had any idea Disney was going to be buying out uh, uh, yeah. Mar- Marvel either. So that, you know, sometimes those things start, True. but but, you know, all the studios tend to share space. A lot of people don't know that the original Dragnet series was filmed on a Disney lot. And then you've got Desperate Housewives. It's filmed on a Universal lot. <laughs> you've got, you've got um, Ghost Whisper, which is an ABC uh, television production. Is Showing on CBS. CBS. There's, so, two, there's two shows that are ABC. 
They're on CBS. What's the other one? Have you also noticed now how all the ABC ABC production shows now come up with this little tag at the beginning that says an ABC television production? And that just came up up this season. So that's a new thing. But anyways, you know that that was you know that was my experience. So if, if you you know go see Lincoln again, I thought he you know was um, not new but improved. Uh, he is new, but you know uh, you know further hmm. improved, which was pretty cool to see. Um, but uh, yeah, so oh yeah, because I guess it, um, we, he's also talking about the river. You know, the river was full, and they they put the gollywomper in a little. You know, we we'd seen that when we took the the boat around or the train around the other day. The Golly Wumpers now parked in front of the uh, the burning cabin, which now ha- that's now Mike Fink lives there. That's that's the whole. Oh, is that story. what that is? Okay. Yeah, Mike Fink's living there, and then there's some other Indian stuff done in the back, and there's a new eagle. They moved one eagle, and then there's another eagle. So there's some little little tweaks. There's a little thing right in now. the register about all that. Yes, yes, there is. So. So yeah, so that I have, I'll have to go, uh, you know, go out in the river and check some of these things out next time I'm, I'm out there. Yeah, and, yeah. and we got into a little bit about the rope break, and uh, you know, of course, everything I, I I had heard was pretty close to being true on the rope break thing with the Columbia. So that that one that one tracked pretty much with what we were hearing uh, everywhere, including including what Richard was telling us. Most most of that's pretty darn accurate. So, well, thank you. Yeah, well, you for welcome. once. Yeah. Well, I, where did you trace up the the guilt, though? You know, as far as who chose the rope. As far as who chose the rope. Yeah. Um. Well, I was told. That I I this is strictly you know third fourth hand to me. Sure. I was told that the upper management types, and I mean way in the upper management of Disneyland. Uh, were complaining that the uh, hemp ro- they kept breaking the hemp ropes. So they wanted something that was stronger out there, so they went to the nylon ropes, which you do not use nylon ropes on. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the whole thing about it, it's supposed to break if it's under a certain amount of tension. That's the whole point. Well, well it's not a question of that, is that hemp doesn't have any elasticity. It doesn't stretch. When it breaks, it drops. Nylon stretches like a rubber band. It right. will snap yeah. back. Well, that's what but, he was saying. That's too. exactly it, what happened. He was saying it, it's designed... To break at a certain point where the but, nylon wasn't. Have I uh, have I told you about the the crazy ass uh, video they show you in the Navy about synthetic line snapback? No. no. Oh my gosh! All right, so it's this video, and you see a ship getting underway, and the deck crews are are handling the lines, right? And um, you know they're showing all the the guys calling out the commands, drop this line, drop that line, but one line gets forgotten, and they show the line stretching and stretching and. Um, the guys are talking, and then this line snaps, and they show the line cutting the dudes in half, right? Well, in, in between the filming, you know, they replaced all the dudes standing on the deck with mannequins. So you don't realize that, that when you see the lines cutting the dudes in half in f- full motion, you're going, holy crap, I just, they just showed me dudes getting cut in half. And then they showed it in slow motion, you could tell that they're mannequins, and that the synthetic line was strong enough to cut, you know, mannequins which are made out of steel and plaster. So and whack them right in half. If that was on uh, MythBusters, that would be uh, what's the, what's their dummy's name? They have a name for. Them. I know the oh. name for the dummy. The test dummy. Buster. 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 Yeah. Yeah, but they had a whole string of them all lined up, and they got just cracked wow. in half. And like, holy crap! And so when you first see, like, what? Kind of reminds me of the opening scene of Ghost Ship. 
<laughs> yes, yes, that was the rest. <laughs> that was of, nasty. But the movie went downhill from there. That was yes, really the best part. But yeah, so he, he kind of went down the same lines. You know, it was, the the hemp was supposed to break, and not stretch, and and stuff like that. But I th- he put it more at middle. The the people who kind of the day to day who you know everybody's trying to show that they're making profits and things are running right, and you know, a decision was made. But you know, long long, you know, in the, in the end. What you're saying was true. Someone made a decision because they were tired of, you know, breaking ropes, and they didn't know better, and got a rope that should never have been out there. Yeah. For the record, uh, let's just say all ropes will break. It's just a question that hemp, when it breaks, doesn't snap back at you. Well, in this case, the rope didn't break. It tore off the cleat. It tore tore the cleat off. And then dragged the cleat into someone's head, right? Yeah, the guy's like, well, you know what happened. I said, yeah, I was over there at Pirates, but I didn't know what was going on. We saw the helicopters. <laughs> Remember and we the must- film description you just gave, Mike? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't cut him in half. It just cracked his head wide open. Well, it split his head. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know. Hold on, you know, if if I can arrange for the guy to either come on the show or we can go meet him somewhere, you know, I'll, I'll keep mining that, um, that connection. And, you know, when I... When I said I was a podcaster, and you know, yeah. I, I, I had to spend the, the whole night trying to overcome that by asking, you know, legitimate questions, and uh, you know, those, you know, things like that. And I told him I'd worked there for years and what I had seen, and you know, question this, question that, and like say he he dropped names, and I'm not going to drop on, you know, if he wants to come on and drop names, that's fine. I'm not going to drop the names that he didn't. You know, I didn't necessarily ask for permission. I don't know if he would assume I'd talk about it. But since we didn't have that conversation, I'm not going to go down that route. I don't want to sound like Jim Hill, but uh, you know, I, I didn't necessarily go there to plan to do this. But since I had some information, I figured I'd follow up uh, with it. And you know, if people want to name names, go to Al Lutz's site. You know, yeah. he'll he'll give you all kinds of names, and you know, whether or not it's true or not uh, is something else. <sighs> all right. Um, so what, what are some of the things we're supposed to be talking about tonight? Well, that was we're, it. We're, we're pretty much done. Go, we're <laughs> going to go over the email. We were going to go over that and um, try try yeah, something new with uh, streaming it live. This is pretty fun. We, yeah, since we never paid attention to our streamers. Well, that's what I was saying. Is people? I are did. Sh- don't worry. Yeah. Thanks for that. You're welcome. I love you all out there. No <laughs> <laughs> blows. You not now. now <laughs> <laughs> on. Yeah, that's good. It's part of the problem with one of these streaming things. And I, I watched, uh, I was at my grandmother's, you know, doing the whole make the meals three times a day thing. And I'm sitting there and flipping by, and Bonnie Hunt show was on. And she had some kind of home security system where she could, she had this camera set up, and they were looking at how the dog was opening up the cabinets and getting food out of it. So they replaced the food with the toys, and they show the dog open it. And just put his mouth right on the, the handle, pull the thing open, look in, and it was like, like all pissed off. There's no food in these toys. So he walks away, but he comes back later. So she was explaining the whole um, security thing. And they had this guy helping her. But every now and then they had to pause and go to the computer, look for, you know, they had the files on the screen, but they had to find it and pick it and all that. And it reminded me of just a couple seconds ago, <laughs> we're trying to read what's going on. Yeah, and we stopped talking. Yeah, and, and you stopped, stopped talking. talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> oh well. Well, Netflix makes me money. The granny doesn't. But you know, when you know, the, the hard thing is now. I've been told many times when you're off work for a year, they're going to start asking what you've been doing for a year. And you're so, going to say taking care of a sick relative, and they'll be like, for, "Oh, that's too bad." Yeah. 
part of my shtick is, you know, I'm the caregiver for my 98-year-old grandmother that, you know, I fix meals three times a day. So, you know, part of that is, you know, I, I got to talk it up to make sure that it's convincing when, when I yeah. have to really say it somewhere. But, uh, you know, hey, it is, it's what my life is now, and that's what we talk about on the show, what we all do, right? So, um, and she could care less about Disney, I think, but I don't know. Yeah, probably. But on the Netflix side, I, I actually recently, recently finally received some checks, so I guess some people are signing up, so uh, keep doing that. You know, it's at least pays. Unlike another podcast who says he might go off the air. We're not if, going there. Stop. Stop. You know, stop. We're no, not we'll, going to we'll, do that. We'll do that. We'll, we'll talk that amongst ourselves. We're not. That's no. But you still, can, you know, to keep me on the air, get, you know, do my Netflix. Sure. Well. Yeah. Imagining that's my the, way. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. You know, we're not going to go down that road. But, if, you know, I just have that there as a, a means to, to help support the show. That's great. Uh, I'm sticking around unless I get a job at ABC or Disney. Then I will go off yeah, the air. Screw the rest of us, yeah. yeah. Well, pretty much it'll be a conflict of interest at that point, so I'm not going to do that. True. Here's, True. here's a yo, conflict of interest, big deal. Yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah. What, big, big deal? Yeah, when, like, when, you know what you, when you know what the corporate feels about new media, why put yourself in a chance of – you know, jeopardizing yeah, that. Exactly. As, a, as an hourly guy at the parks, they really don't care. And I, I've had long talks with Earl, and based on a few things he told me, it's like, yeah, you know what? I finally agree with you. They don't care. Yeah. That, that, that but, doesn't mean he's coming but, clean with his identity, which I don't think say he is, should, but, you know. What I was going to say is, um, you know, they have the the company has its own podcasting that is starting to put out its own. Oh, no. Things. Yeah. The Disneyland podcast comes out twice a year, maybe. Maybe. Once a year. I mean, they're they're well. trying to push the boundaries. There there is an element with. <laughs> they're, they're doing okay. I'll tell you what. They're doing an okay job with the with the Twitter Disney Parks Disneyland Walt Disney World, but they all tweet the same friggin' thing. So, yeah. So if you follow yeah, all three of them, it's pain in the ass. For, for Mr. Iger being Mr. Tech, the, we haven't seen it pay off yet. Now, for a while, there were some podcasts, I forgot what they were called, like Gears Behind the Ears or Ears Behind yeah, the Ears, yeah. something like that. When Marty, there'd be interviews with Marty Scholar, and they, they had a series of them. I thought, hey, these are done really well. And then it just disappeared. Yeah, that was it. And you know what, what they find out is, you know, they're probably looking for an ROI, and there's no way to really figure out if there's an ROI for them on a podcast. Because do they really need a podcast to further their their message probably not. Do, what would benefit them from the podcast is getting rid of a lot of the lame ass podcasts that are giving out bad information. Because if you can get it from the source, you would stop going to those third parties that are mediocre. Yep. I think so. But obviously, it's not that much of a worry to them. They just—it's an annoyance that they kind of put up with. But you know, it's the people who. I don't know. I guess push the boundaries that are are, are, are annoying them quite a bit. So, hey, you know, I was taking a look at uh, Super Eight, just a trailer part of it yeah. here, to, so I could see what you guys were talking about. And it also led me to a site. There is a movie called Battle of Los Angeles that's being filmed right now. That's present day, but it's kind of loosely based on an incident that took place in 1942 when they had the uh, Battle of L.A. Uh, that was also spoofed in 1941. That was also spoofed in 1941. Now this is serious because, uh, you, of course, well, this is going off subject, and we'll go. We'll talk about this. I'm looking forward to 1942. I think it's going to be a really good year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, inter- interesting story in the Battle of LA that took place in February of 42 because there was a lot of other things that have been coming out in the last couple of years. So, anyways, 
All right, are we gonna? I, I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? We're just gonna. Right. So, so then we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. So, uh, say goodnight. Good night. Good night.